podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Big Strong Leicester Boys podcast. We believe uh, episode six, we just had a little bit of a chat, we can't remember, five or six, uh, I think it may well be six. Apologies, we've had a bit of a break, uh, we've missed a few games, I believe. Uh, my excuse is that I've been uh, full of cold, like I think lots of people have have been. Um, I missed the Crystal Palace game and I think maybe that that hot, beautiful weather which Brendan alluded to may have done me a, the world of good. But no, that's my excuse. So I, I've had a bit of a cold, but I'm, I'm on the mend. Uh, but as ever, joined uh, by Jordan Halford and Jack Holmes. And uh, yeah, hello, boys. And first of all, uh, what are your excuses? That's my one. You know, why have we missed a few games? Jordan, what, what, what's your reason? Is it a good one? Is it better than mine? Well, well I've been available, but I'm going <laughs> to use the excuse that we've actually won a few games and scored some goals and actually kept some clean sheets. So we thought, well, that might be a good omen. Let's not do any. <laughs> yes. As long as we keep winning, we'll, we'll, we won't do podcasts. That doesn't really work like that, does it? But I like it. Good effort. Uh, Jack, what's your reason? Um, I've had everything. Uh, I've been out uh, hanging out with um, Jason from the New York Foxes, which was good fun. Uh, and then I got the flu, uh, which was less fun. So a bit of both. Yeah. Mm, I think I think it's going round, isn't it, to, to say the least. But look, we have got loads to chat about today. Of course, we're going to talk about that win against Leeds United. It was is a massive win for us. You know, the, the performance wasn't amazing, but the, the the significance of the three points is big. It's it's three consecutive home clean sheets now, which is which is massive when you think of, of where we were defensively just a, a couple of months ago, and um, yeah, I think as the general mood around the football club just feels a lot better and uh i'd say there's a couple other bits we need to talk about as well um are you alluded to to brendan's comments post crystal palace about the the sunshine and the difficult conditions for the players um there's the journalist which upset brendan when he asked him about how much money he earned um and also um <laughs> the situation with the birthday messages which um didn't happen because apparently there was far too many people called zach rogers and brendan out who all had the birthday on the exact same day. So plenty to get through. And of course, then we'll start chatting about Wolves as well. But let's do Leeds first and foremost. As I said, Jordan, I didn't think the performance was brilliant, um, but frankly, I don't care. You know, I almost like Leicester being a little bit boring at the moment. And I'm sick of being involved in, in, in games where there's loads of goals flying in at both ends. You know, I want a nice, boring 1-0, 2-0 game. And, and that's what we got, wasn't it? Yeah, I think like we spoke before, um, we came on, on air. Uh, I think we've played better this season. Yeah, uh, but it, it doesn't matter. And like Jack said previously, it's just about getting points on the board. And when when you're down there, it's actually, you know, a, to get a win, you forget how big getting a win is when you're down at the bottom of the league. We've been fortunate enough to be in the top half for the last few years and you kind of get used to it. But when you go a few games without winning, it, it feels huge. And like you said, Jake, the, the three clean sheets on the bounce at home are absolutely massive. I know we've only played, I say only played Forest. Palace and Leeds but you know I think that allays some fears about us getting relegated because if you see the quality of those three sides compared to us I think we're miles better in every department um I thought we were actually you know we weren't brilliant against Palace but we just couldn't break them down but we got a clean sheet yeah. um yeah. and then yesterday the second goal was absolutely fantastic um wanted football down the right hand side um, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong it might have come from Danny Ward to Castagna or Amati to Castagna but 
just great football from one end to the other. And that, that kind of shows what we're capable of. Um, so for Brendan and the team, I'm really pleased for, for Brendan and the players that they've clearly worked hard on keeping goals out and long may it continue. Hopefully we get another clean sheet at Molyneux. Yeah, I mean, Jack, it was, wasn't it? It was just an all-round, really solid performance. You know, we're not going to kind of go overboard and and say it was outstanding. But, you know, defensively, we, we've been crying out, haven't we, for a bit of stability. You know, there was there was decent performances in, in the midfield. And as, as Jordan alluded to there, that, that second goal we did score was was one of real quality. So, you know, I think we all are, aren't we, feeling a little bit more positive about, about the football club at the moment? Well, certainly right now. Yeah, I, I think so. I think... Um... The game on Sunday is uh, obviously a really important game, but I also think that what we're overlooking potentially last night is the players we were without as well. So Madison wasn't playing. We've seemingly forgotten that indeed he's been injured. Um, Johnny Evans is also injured. I mean, and uh, Evans and indeed he haven't been playing particularly well, but um, in terms of the players who who stepped up in in their places, in terms of thought Dennis Pratt was really good um and i definitely think he he made a case to get more game time i thought sumari had another good game um he's covering a lot more ground he also made a tackle in the, he got booked for a tackle in the second half but it was it was a good foul to make um amati's been been fine i mean he still has his occasional brain fart um but actually the way fez has uh stepped up um and and he really seems like a. We talked about him being a cult hero just because he looks like one. The more I hear from him, the more I see from him, it, he looks like he's going to be a real character around the place. I mean, the interview he did after the game was just brilliant. Like you can see, he's a really really positive guy. Loves being here, um, which is really nice because a lot of our players don't look like they love being at the club. But he looks like he really, you know, is enjoying it. And I think. You know, he's it's starting to hopefully inject a bit of positivity around the place. And um, the point you make about uh, defending, the system has changed. We're, you know, the there are more players sort of not committing themselves too high up the pitch. And that's probably taken a little bit away from from the attacking play. But it does mean if someone slips or makes a mistake, we've not got a two on two scenario. So you know, fair play to Rogers for doing that because we talked about him needing to be a little bit more pragmatic and a little bit tougher. And, you know, we're starting to see that, which is um, which is exactly what we need, really. I mean, tougher tests to come, certainly, but it's um, there's some small encouraging signs there. Mm, yeah, I think the three players for me, I mean, by all means, you know, throw in another one if you want. But the three standouts for me was about Fess. You know, I think he has been great. Um Dennis Pratt, of course, as well. And, and then also Harvey Barnes. And, and I just want to have a word about Harvey because, you know, he is a player that we all know has, has got incredible ability. You know, he does. He's 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 really unique in, in the way that he plays. You know, that there are very few players who has his kind of pace. And at the same time, I find myself getting so frustrated with, with Harvey at, at times. Like, I, I think lots of people do as well because he is a player to, to me who, um, for want of a, a better phrase, uh, lacks what, what some people call big dick energy. <laughs> like, this is a guy who, if he just believed in himself a little bit more and, you know, was the had that ego and just carried it around, was strutting around, then I think, that, 
I think he could be so much, but I just don't think he really believes in himself or recognises how good he is. And I do, I think it's almost a personality thing where um, he's either almost just, I don't know, I'm not sure quite what it is. And I'm aware it's, you were not expecting to to hear me use those those three words. Um, but but Jordan, do you know what I was saying when, when, I, when I talk about that? We all know those kind of guys with that energy, don't we? And I just think Harvey lacks a bit of that. And if he did, I mean, the... I don't know what his ceiling would be, but it, it's certainly higher than what he currently gives us at the moment. Yeah, I mean, he, he just seems to me like the epitome of a confidence player. Um, and when he, you know, if I was the manager, I'd just say, half when you get the ball, head down, get at that fullback, yeah. run at him, beat him. And if he tackles you nine out of ten times, the first mm. nine times, I don't care. Exactly, hundred percent. Get across in, and we might score, or you might score yourself. Um, but he, he is a frustrating player. Just because, like you say, we know what he's capable of. And I, I heard an interview actually the other day from Eddie Howe about Almiron. And yeah. the journalist said, what's the biggest difference? And he just said confidence. And I think you, you can see slowly but surely this season, all the players now are starting to get a bit more confidence in their game. And that's kind of what we've been we've been missing because, you know, when you, you don't get results, it's bound to affect the confidence. But hopefully now... Um, we start putting a few results together and the, the confidence starts to come back, particularly with someone like Barnes, because on his day, he, he is unplayable and he gives the best fullbacks in the league a run around. Mm. Um, and he, he loves playing against Leeds, doesn't he? The yeah. Six in six. Um, I've got a little story about Harvey Barnes. Um, oh, go on. Which is a, a really nice touch while we're on the topic. But when he made his debut, or it was, it was around that time when he just broke into the team, but I'm sure my friend said it was his, his debut. He was having a, a date with his, with his girlfriend and my friend was with a lot of his mates in the pub. I think we'd won the game. And my mate bought him a drink and his girlfriend. Yeah. Um, the, the barman went over or the wait, wait, a waitress went over and, and said, that's from this gentleman over there. And he said, I don't know how long later, but a tray of 12, 10 or 12 pints arrived at my friend's table. And the waiter and waitress just pointed over and said, that's from Harvey. And he turned around and said, thanks. And I thought... That's a really classy touch, that is. Um, so he's clearly a very nice young man, uh, but maybe he just he just needs a bit more of what you've described, Jake. Yes. Can you not say those words? No, of course, mate. I can. I just don't know what it feels like. <laughs> no, Jordan, it felt a little bit weird. I won't lie. <laughs> Jack, um, I won't ask you to say those words either. Please don't. Um, <laughs> um, but, but Harvey, you know, you think a couple of years back, um, before his, it was a knee injury, wasn't it? I think, and um, he was flying at the time. You, know, you, you could argue at the time he was maybe our best player. He was in such a rich vein of form, and um, he, he hasn't quite been able to hit those heights since. He got he got an England squad, didn't he? Let's not forget Harvey's got an England cap. You know, it's not too late for him, is it? You know, uh, we need obviously more performances like what we had on on Thursday. You know, I'm sure he wants to play Leeds every week. But it was just one of those nights, Jack, where it just highlighted to me just how good Harvey Barnes is. And, and I hate the stick he gets sometimes because, you know, he is one of our own and he has got massive ability. He really does. He just needs to show it a little bit more. And, you know, I think actually the fans can help him. I, I, I'm i a massive um, Harvey Barnes fan. Um, I think we take him for granted a little bit as well. Yeah, I think we do. He, even, even he, you know, he's probably not performance-wise hit the same level. Um that he did a couple of years ago. Sorry if you can hear squeaking in the background. My dog's just arrived. Um, uh, but his numbers are still phenomenal. I mean, he, he was almost double figures assist, 
double figures goals last year. Yeah. He's got three this year. I thought the Forest game in particular, I mean, Neko Williams, uh, did he get taken off or some? Uh, he got taken off at half time, didn't he? Which is always a good, could be wrong on that. Um, always a good measure. I think, um, I think he was, he was, he looked really on it last night. And, you know, often with wingers, it is, it is a confidence game. But, I mean, he's got every, he's, he's, when he first came into the side, his finishing was all over the place. Yeah. But he's actually become a really calm finisher. You can see he's really worked on that, the way he hits the ball with his right foot, he side foots it all the time. Um, and actually, his crossing's got much, much better. But he's got, he's got everything as a winger. He's, he's got, you know, he can go past players. Um, and if we get him playing like that, he'll win his games this year in the same way that Madison wins his games. So yeah. um, it was it was a really pleasing performance from him. I actually thought he was a bit fortunate with the finish because he just hit it straight at the keeper who's jumped over <laughs> it. But I mean, you make your own luck in those scenarios. And for the first goal, he's got himself in a great position to make the run, which which almost sets up the goal as well. So um, so yeah, I can't. I can't believe we've played Leeds six times, um, but um, he, yeah, he clearly loves playing against Leeds, um, which is great. Yeah, it is. Um, let's do Dennis Pratt then. Um, Jordan, is that his most important and impressive performance in a Leicester shirt? I, I, I'm, I'm struggling to think of a, a more significant moment for him. That's, yeah, it's a good question. I, I mean, he played well in one of the lockdown games of, a year or two ago, I thought he played really well. But the man is an absolute enigma. Like, I just can't work him out, Dennis Pratt. Sometimes he comes on and he's invisible. Yeah. And other times, he's just superb. But what I actually said on the Fosway yesterday, which I knew I'd come in for a bit of stick for, I'd have played Perez. Um, Perez came on, didn't play very well. But again, you can't just give players 10 minutes and expect them to play well. But is Pratt a right winger? I don't know. Is Pratt no. a centre midfielder? I don't know. Like I think, <laughs> I think he's a bit of a victim in in that he can play anywhere reasonably well. Yeah, um, I mean, I think he is a, a more kind of attacking minded centre yeah. midfield player, isn't he? I, I do know what you're saying, though. He hasn't quite nailed down, you know, one obvious clear, you know, strength and weakness. He's just a really tidy footballer. Yeah, and, he, and he's. I think like he, instead of excelling in one particular position. He because he's so versatile, he gets moved around quite a lot, and I think that can be difficult for a player anyway. But the the first goal last night, the cross was absolutely fantastic. I saw it back this morning. I didn't because I'm quite low down in the cop end. I thought he kind of just squared it pretty much, yeah. but he's actually put a lot of whip on it and made the defender make a decision. I think Barnes would have probably tapped it in anyway. Um, and the second goal, it does even better for because that I mean it's a great ball from Castani down the line, but. He obviously slid slid the ball across. Nice back heel from Vardy and a good ball from KDH. But I noticed when that went in, um, Castagna ran straight to Pratt and they all ran to the corner flag and those two were celebrating. And what, what made me laugh last night as well is Tielemans when he gets the ball. He only ever gives it Castagna and Pratt <laughs> yeah. um, because of the Belgium trio on the right-hand side. But he's a good player. And, you know, I think, again, another one that he's frustrating because we all know what he's capable of. And for one reason or another, he's never been what, you know, I'd ne- I wouldn't say he's in the starting 11. Um, no. And Jack kind of alluded to it. No Madison, um, no Ndidi and Evans. But that, again, is the strength in depth that we've got. And, you know, you, like I said, it, it did allay some fears for me yesterday. 
one of my friends is a Leeds fan, and he said after the game, I think we'll both be down there, won't we? And I, I said, well, I think you will. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think we will. I, you know, because we, we, we've seen Forest Palace and, and Leeds, and we're just miles better than them. Yeah. Just, we are. We're, we're so much better. than I don't like using the phrase too good to go down, but you see a player like Dennis Pratt, he, again, he'd probably walk into 10 teams in the league. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. You, you, you both were, were were at the game on on Thursday evening. I say I was watching from the comfort of uh, my home on, on television on, on Amazon Prime. And you mentioned obviously Tielemans just passing to to Castagna, etc. Well, we had Roberto Martinez as, as as the pundit, and you know every single question he just somehow managed to to bring it back round to to Tielemans, etc. But but full of praise for him. He's a massive fan of him. But yeah, there was a, there was a proper Belgium loving, wasn't there? But I'm absolutely fine with it. Um, right, I do want to kind of move on from Leeds because they've got loads to get through um tonight uh we will do who are you um jack's got some stories uh, we're going to look at wolves as well um now i know this was kind of a couple of weeks ago but i still think we haven't spoke about it so i think we can still mention it and we don't need to spend too much time but but first and foremost the the post uh, palace um comments from brendan that he was pleased with the lads in difficult conditions because it was a very warm day in what was mid October. I mean, the sun was out, um, but is that right up there in terms of Brendan Rodgers' um, excuses or, or one-liners or whatever, however you want to bill it? Um, we were all thinking and feeling the same, right? A, 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 an incredibly odd thing to say. I mean, it's absolute bollocks, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, is Do you it think just he's like... listened back to that and thought, why did I say that? Is it? I can only assume <laughs> it's just distraction tactics. I wasn't in Eng- like in England at the time, so I, I, but it's 16 degrees. I know the sun shone a little bit, but of all the excuses to use, it was a, a very, very strange one. Um, I mean, maybe he got sunstroke or something, but uh, it, it was a very, very weird excuse to use. Um, I, I can only assume he's trying to sort of, you know, make excuses for the players because um, we didn't win, but... Um, I have to say that's uh, that's right up there in terms of um, if someone had written that on the internet, that would have featured in my segment. So um, that's how weird it is. I think it was it was Pete Rogers, wasn't it? That, that that's got to be up there with one of his best. But I mean, I, I didn't actually hear him say it; I just saw it on social. Um, so I don't know if he meant it as a throwaway comment, but it, it was like 15 degrees. I mean, it was warm for October, but it was like the perfect day to play football or play yeah. golf. It was just perfect. So yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was, it was funny. It did actually make me laugh rather than rather than get you know wind me up. I was just laughing about it. Mm. It is almost classic Rogers, isn't it? Um, but let's talk about then the thing that really upset him. I mean, we, we talked about this being funny, but there was something that really upset him last week, and and that was a journalist um, asking him if if basically in in no um, for want of a better phrase or, or no uncertain terms, you're saying basically, are you too expensive to, to sack? You know, is this one of the reasons why you haven't you know, lost your job at Leicester is because you're, it's going to cost the football club too much money. And the reports are that he then effectively stormed out and refused to ask or answer any more questions. And, you know, we all know Brendan is he's a very, well, whether you like him or not, he's always very polite, polite isn't he? he? Always comes across very warm and friendly. And, you know, for, for Brendan to react like that, I think, you know, clearly did get his back up. You know, because it's not the kind of thing he does. He likes to keep everyone on side and, you know, he likes to talk. Um, But he didn't like that question at all. Um, I've seen lots of people criticise it, saying that they shouldn't be asking that kind of thing. You know, what business is of theirs, what what Brendan earns. But 
I'm interested to hear both of your take on this because I actually haven't got an issue with the question. Um, Jack, what did you think of it? Was it an unfair question to ask? Is it a bit below the belt? Uh, I think it probably is. Uh, I don't think I'd ask him that sort of question. I think you've got to be... It's a brave question, I would say. However... Yeah, it is. uh, The only thing I, I can say is Rogers has talked a lot about the lack of resources at the club. And when you're one of the highest paid employees, yeah, and you're going to moan about one thing and you've got a budget of what, I don't know, if our budget's 200 million a year or whatever in terms of what we spend on wages, the whole lot, the whole shebang, and you've got someone who's taking 10 million, although apparently that's not true, um, it does lead itself to that question, I would say. So I think... I, I don't think it's a fair question. I can understand why he lost his call with it. However, I also think if you're going to moan about the lack of resources and everything else, then you probably got to have some sort of awareness about your role within that too. Because I'm certain that, you know, we're paying a lot of our budget on, on the manager because we think he's a very good one. So, um, he can't really have his cake and eat it in this scenario. So um, I think that's probably a very fence-sitting answer. Um, I don't think it's fair, but I can see where it's coming from, I guess. Yeah. I mean, Jordan, I mean, I I am one of, I think, many people who believe, you know, Brendan probably would have lost his job if it wouldn't have cost so much for for him to be released from that contract. And I think everyone has at some point spoken about it. So, so why is it unfair to ask him if, if everybody's thinking it? You know, I actually think that you know that the journalist has, has shown a certain degree of you know cojones or, or, or balls to actually you know have the courage to ask that question because we're all thinking it, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, obviously the journalist has got his job to do, and asking difficult questions isn't um, isn't easy in that position anyway. But I do think it was a bit insensitive. Um, you know, I don't recall any other manager in my life that I can remember being asked about how much they earn. You never ask players how much they earn. Um, and a journalist certainly never gets asked how much he earns. So I think I think it was a bit insensitive. But I also think Roger's reaction was kind of the reaction from a man who knew he was under pressure. Because um, it's very... He gets paid too much. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very out of character for him to... <laughs> <laughs> to storm out or leave or refuse to answer so yeah, absolutely um yeah i can see both sides of it i mean if i was in roger's position i don't think i'd have I'd advanced it either i don't i don't think it's mm. relevant but um i i just would like to have uh i, I just thought oh i don't think anyone would ever ask nigel pearson that one <laughs> don't probably not <laughs> i don't think they'd be brave enough to ask Nigel. but yeah i thought it was a bit i thought it was a bit mm. insensitive i'd describe it as i just think that football sorry you know it, the world of football and we always talk about how that it's different to any other you know walk of life it is you know nobody gets sacked as, as often as what, what managers does in, in their walk of life unless you're really bad at your job you know nobody gets paid them the same amount of, of money to do the same thing it's a completely different world and we do talk about you know how much a footballer earns and you know how much a transfer fee is you know money is is part and parcel part and parcel of, of, of football you know, and Brendan Rodgers is one of the top earning managers in the Premier League and, and Leicester are bottom of it. I just, I don't think it was that bad a question. I, I really don't think it was. I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, Brendan has, 
w- perfectly within his rights to not answer it and just say, look, I don't think that's that's relevant. I don't think it's any of your any of your business. But I don't think it's a below the belt question because, and as I said, you know, the, the world of football is, is, is completely, we, should, we shouldn't compare it to, to any other walk of life because it is different. It, it is. And, you know, I, and I think it is relevant in the fact that I think he probably is in his position because he's too expensive to sack. Like, you know, where we are right now in terms of we had a couple of decent results, would it have been the right decision to sack him? Actually, maybe in hindsight, the the club have, have been almost rewarded with, with, with that loyalty in in certain in a certain sense. But yeah, I just know. I, I didn't think it was that wrong of a question to, to ask. And I just think that, you know, I saw a lot on social media and, and, and heard a lot from pundits all saying the same thing and, and criticising it and, you know, and going for the journalists and just, yeah, I just maybe just a, a different point of view. I may well be wrong, but, you know, I just didn't think it was that bad. Just just on the point of him not losing his job or him being too expensive to sack, I think there's been a few things that have probably happened in the last few weeks which may help explain why he hasn't been sacked. So Wolves sacked their manager. They can't find anyone to replace him. Yep. Villa, Villa appear to be doing the same thing now in that they've sacked Gerard with and Pochettino apparently we I, I don't know what to believe in terms of reports but I don't think it's going to be Pochettino I don't think it's going to be Tuchel um a more like they're now after a Morin who's apparently got a 30 million release clause I think it's a very difficult market to get another manager and I would imagine the club have had a look round and just gone there's no one there at the moment we've got a huge gap coming up we've got it's a really odd season, the likes of which we've never seen before in terms of the World Cup, which basically is an entire reset. You've then got two games till January and, you know, maybe it's just a case of getting till then. We've got four league games till then, see where we get to um, and then make a call there. The, the one thing I would say is the club have, can't do what they've done, done in the summer. So we've either got to back him and let him spend some money because the squad needs it. And we've seen that or they need to change it. And that's probably going to cost a lot of money, but they've got to find some money from somewhere because, you know, we've won a game and that's great, but we are in, you know, like make no bones about it. We're in a relegation fight for the foreseeable. Um, and the squad needs clear areas of, of improvement. So, you know, time will tell whether it's a smart decision, but, you know, looking at Wolves, I, I don't go, I, you know, I'm really glad we've sat the manager because I don't think I'd want Stowley in charge till 2023. Um, sadly, I just, you know, I think I think Brendan's probably the best person to try and pull us out of that as much as fans might not like that. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think, I think the um, time will tell whether it's, whether it's the right decision or not. Yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking about this yesterday and at the risk of, the podcast being dominated by Brendan again. Um, I, I was thinking um, in terms of, you know, you look, look at, I think Forrest are doing the right thing with Cooper. They give him a new contract. But I was looking at Leeds yesterday and, and Wolves and Villa and Everton. And I was thinking, I'd rather be in our position than theirs. I know we're below them. Um, but Leeds' reaction at full time was pretty over the top, I thought, to be honest. But they've obviously been served up a bit of dross by the sounds of it because they really weren't happy. Villa looking absolute shambles and I don't think Pochettino's that desperate to go there unless they throw the book at him. I know, Jack, you're a big fan of Frank and they were they were linked with him. Um, and I, I think, you know, I, I didn't really agree with the banner after the game 
against Palace in terms of the fact that we drew the game um, and we were, were trying to win and we we were the team on the front foot. But, you know, Fez has come in and managed to kind of sort the back four out. You know, he wasn't great away at Bournemouth, but he's not going to come in and solve, you know, he's not going to solve it overnight. But to get three clean sheets on the bounce at home after we got tonked at Brighton and Tottenham, I think hopefully now we can sort of draw a line under this Rogers in or out debate. And the only way to do that is to get results right. But I just, I just kind of want it just to be put to bed and be like, right, Brendan's going to be the manager. And I heard him talking about strength, you know, players out of contract next summer. And we do need to strengthen in January. Um, and we do need to try and keep hold of our best players next summer. But, you know, like you said, Jay, it looks like the board's loyalty might have been rewarded. Um, mm. over the past couple of games. And I just, I was just looking around the league table and thinking, I, I think I'd rather be in our position than a lot of our, you know, you know, a lot of teams that are around us in the league who seem to be in a bit of a mess, to be honest. And I think stability at this point is key. Yeah, no, the boat had been well and truly rocked in the summer. And, you know, I think Brendan has actually steadied the ship and I think you've got to give him credit for that. I really do. Um, lads, before we go and do Wolves and uh, talk about uh, those birthdays or non-birthdays um, from the weekend just gone, shall we have a quick game of Who Are You? Yes, please. Let's do it. Because I see you've been, I see you've been on your phone or writing notes down. So it's, I guess it's very late notice. This one. Absolute nonsense, Jordan. How dare you? <laughs> Question my professional integrity. Yeah, I am the quiz master this week. So I have a either current or former Foxes player. I'm going to run through some clues and you're going to guess um, who they are. Uh, Jack, you won last week, hence why you are still playing. Um, and Jordan, you have a question? Well, at the risk of sounding like Chris Finch uh, yes. off the office, <laughs> you said it's the first to shout out the answer. <laughs> yeah. Is that right? <laughs> Is that still the case? Well, the correct answer. I think I shouted out an answer last week and it was very wrong. So yeah. you've got to shout out the correct answer. Why are you saying that? Well, because Gareth, you know, Gareth says, you know, you've had your turn and Finchie right. says, well, no, you said yeah. it's first to shout out the answer. Think. So you, you can to... shout, you can shout yeah. as often as you want, as yeah. long as it's whoever is first and then you get the win. Okay. <sighs> okay. It's fine, Jordan. I read a book a week. <laughs> <laughs> right. Good. Here we go. Um, this former Fox um, was a striker who was born in 1973. Graham Fenton. <laughs> it is not Graham Fenton. <laughs> um, private, private joke. Yes. <laughs> Look, you know, there's no such thing as a bad guess other than that one. Um, I played for Leicester City for just one season in the year 2001. So it's a season that, that many of us don't remember too fondly. Laurie, oh no, I know who it is. I know who it is. Richard Cresswell. Wait, I was just about to say that. <laughs> Incorrect. Oh. <laughs> um, I'm best known um, for my spells playing for two other Midlands clubs. Dean Sturridge. Oh no. Correct, Dean Sturridge. <laughs> That's very good, Jordan. That's very impressive. <laughs> We're going to have to make these harder. Well played, Jordan. Well played. Did, did he score a hat-trick against Fiorentina in that friendly? Yeah. Do you remember that? I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't remember that. No. Yeah. What, my, standout, my standout memory of, of Dean Sturridge is, is of course, obviously the, the last season is at, at Philbert Street and that, that Walker shirt. He was one of the very few who had the, the, the button done up. 
you know, with it, think of that collar at the time, yeah, then most yeah. of them would have it undone. But Dean Sturridge always had that button done up. And, and that's my, my kind of my standout memory of, of Dean Sturridge playing for Leicester was well, what he looked like wearing, wearing that shirt. But yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say best known for his, his time at Derby County. And of course, the uncle of, of Daniel Sturridge. Uh, I, Jordan, I congratulations. I work with a relative of Dean Sturridge as well. So she's going to hammer me if she finds this out. Oh. So what, what were our, our strikers at here? Because I was going to say Creswell. So we've been acting by Creswell, Sturridge. I thought Gunn Largson was another one that popped into my head, but he was there for a bit longer. Uh, was Ashley Ward there then? He was part of that that Peter Taylor crop, wasn't he, where he wasted that No, Ash, Ashley Ward was not part of that. Was he, Ashley was Ward only though? played for like a season in the 90s. Oh, was it? Well, I got yeah. that wrong. Was was that was that pre Trevor as well? Tricky Trev. I think it could have been Trev. Could have been there. Tricky um, Trev. Scowcroft uh, was there then. Was Edie still there? Yeah, he would have been. Edie was still there, wasn't he? Um, Scowcroft got converted into a right winger, didn't he? Under Nicky <laughs> Adams, <laughs> he did. <laughs> oh, it was hard work, wasn't it? It was tough viewing. Tough viewing. Right, but, so Jordan, you win, which means that you stay on. So you take on me next week, and Jack, uh, you're back to being the the quiz host. Um, so great. I've never been the quiz host before, so I'm really excited. It's going to be a really difficult one next week. Mm. If if you could, unlike me, uh, prepare it before the podcast and not during. Um, yeah. I'd encourage that. But I think I got away with that if Jordan hadn't yeah. told everybody. Well, mine only was one clue last week and you got it and Jack yeah. got it. So three clues. I think that's good going. Yeah. Um, right. Time for uh, Jack's stories of the week or, or the things that you've been reading on the internet this week. Now, you haven't got loads. But I think, am I correct in saying it's just one? But it's, it's, it's just one and it's more of an observation and you've kind yeah. of already talked about it. But, but um, we can talk about this lot because this is... But, in, in what has yeah. been a, a disappointing and, and tough, you know, talking point at, at times, Lester, as a, as a general topic, this has been one of my favourite ones, um, I have to say, so far this season. So, Jack, take it away. So, so I guess um, uh, we've talked about it a little bit, but obviously, the you know, it's there's been an absolute deluge of birthdays in the Leicestershire area um, that have all been phone, phoned in. Um which is all very, I, you know, I'm. I think it's very witty, very funny. So, what was it? it was it was Zach Rogers's birthday and um, yep, uh, Brenda, Bre- Brenda out. Uh, <laughs> which you know, it's all is all very funny. But the, the bit that really le- you know lets it down for me is um, don't put it on Twitter before you actually do it. Like you know, it could have been. I just uh, you know, Imagine. do that later. Like yeah. I, I think I think you know that could have been it could have been a great story, but they've obviously just got a bit excited and decided <laughs> they're going to put it on on Twitter sooner, which I, I think they've missed a trick really. And I, I don't particularly agree with the messaging, but I, I think it's quite witty and it's quite funny, so mm. I'll allow it. But um, I guess my only advice is if you know if anyone's got any plans for stuff like that in future just just keep it to yourself because you might get away with it rather yeah. than broadcasting it to the uh to the masses i yeah. loved it that someone went a step further and made the twitter account of brendan yes. <laughs> <laughs> and replied to the official club um tweet um i suppose it brings me slightly to a, a wider topic I, mean, I suppose a little bit more serious i don't mean to do that but i think it's kind of just more like own goals from the club in terms of social media and I feel that they've done that a number of times this season now this one I suppose was less so because you know we always ask for birthday messages 
Um, but also at the same time, they did tweet them asking, you know, for messages, and they did it a couple of weeks ago, asking for people to to write in messages for the for the match program, wasn't it? And you know, we were bottom of the league, and thinking, well, what on earth do you expect people to to, to do? You know, sh- surely some of the football club thinks, you know, we don't need to do that this week because it's, all it's going to do is attract some kind of negativity, which quite frankly we can do without at the moment. Um, I mean, even to the point of, I think it was either yesterday or the day before, it was it was Robbie Savage's birthday. And and the club, you know, like they do with former Leicester players, they tweet said, you know, wishing so and so a happy birthday. And just, you know, you all you have to do is click on that tweet and see every single reply to that picture of Robbie Savage. And thinking he didn't need to post it, you know. And surely somebody at the football club must know that. And, and Jordan, I know there's there's been a, a letter as well, has there not, to members of the the singing section, um, being told to basically, you know persistent standing isn't accepted and you know they're going to basically clamp down on that and it's just you know of all the problems and all the things going on at the football club at the moment I just I just think sometimes they don't help themselves do there as a football club no I mean the, the the email that got sent around I know they're covering their own back about the persistent standing because I think it's in the small print on your actual ticket but um you know I could understand if there'd been actually any problems down by the singing section but as far as I'm concerned and that's no the point problem. isn't it there's you no know? problems um you know, that there's an easy answer to stop persistent standing, or if you don't like it, get rail seating in. So everyone who wants to stand can stand. We we'll, we will be the last club in the league to adopt that 100%. Um, and there, there was there was something else in there in the email. Uh, and, you know, the stewards are, are right around the singing section now with cameras on. You know, it's not, you're not in Italy or do you know what I mean? You're not in Argentina. Yeah. You don't need to be filmed. It's not. We're just it, singing. There's it, it, 50 lads just singing. You know, it's, yeah. it's not. Um, it's not that deep. But yeah, I know they're covering their own back. But they just sometimes don't help themselves, and it, it, it's it's frustrating, really. But you know, I, I was with um, the big man himself, Big Wes, on Radio Leicester the other week, and he said, you know, because they asked him about the tifo against Forest, and and he yeah, he said, you know, he used to remember being in the tunnel, and you can hear the fans singing and it, it really does make a difference and as a fan that's what you want to hear isn't it that's like mm. that's exactly why you go and I was, I was really pleased to hear that and I was thinking I'd, you know, I'd just love to be in that tunnel listening to yeah. the fans but hopefully that singing section you know is appreciated by the players and yeah it, it, it's not that deep like it's just people want to want a bit of atmosphere and I think that can only be a good thing yeah, and even Madison did. He, he put it out the other week about how he loved, you know, the fact that we're now singing, you know, when you're smiling, you know, Jersey Bud, but before the yeah. before the game kicks off. So the point is, the players do notice these things, and it is important, you know. And actually, to be fair, I have just kind of criticised the club for you know own goals and you know, and just not necessarily reading the room particularly well. But I think on that one, in terms of the when you're smiling, actually, I think that's that's had a really positive impact, mm. hasn't it? You know, and and I really enjoy it, and I, I really do. Um, Shall we talk about Wolves and the game this weekend? So um, we head to Wolves and I got this stat earlier from Mr. Owen Palmer-Atkin that no team, either Leicester or Wolves in Premier League history, the away side has, has never won this fixture. Um, I did know that we hadn't got a particularly good record at Molyneux. I was just thinking of all the times we, we've played there and you know, I'm, I'm struggling to think of a time when we won. That's because we haven't um, in the Premier League area. Um, Premier League era, sorry. But for me, guys, this has to represent one of the best opportunities that we're probably going to get all season, not just you know ever, um, but all season to, to pick up three points on the road in the Premier League. This is a Wolves team which is really struggling at the moment. Now, in, in hindsight, they shouldn't have sat Bruno Large because... 
well, they haven't now got a manager. They've now got a caretaker guy um, with limited, well, not certainly top level experience. I know he's, he's managed, you know, the likes of, I think, Crew before Steve Davis. This is a team that scored five goals in 11 games. This... I think two, two of them were penalties, weren't they, as well? I, I didn't know that. What, one one definitely was because it was against Forest. Yeah. I think another one might have been. You know, picking up three points on the road in the Premier League is so difficult. It really is. And I think people were a little bit harsh with the, the game at Bournemouth because they were playing well at the time. And, you know, away games in the Premier League are difficult. But as far as a game goes, and you know I'm kind of a, a glass half empty kind of guy when, when I talk about Leicester. I think there's a few games that's going to represent better opportunity than, than the one on Sunday to, to pick up three points. We, we've got to get there and, and certainly not lose, George. I mean, how are you feeling about this one? It's it's a really important game as well, isn't it, to try and get back-to-back Premier League wins? Yeah, again, I was thinking about this last night because um, I remember the last pod, um, I said, I think we needed 10 points from the next four. We can only get seven now. And I was thinking, would it take a nil-nil on Sunday? Um, I mean, I probably would take a point, to be honest, but I'd I think take a point. I would. Yeah, it, it's a way, isn't it? So, you know, I think a, a, it's important not to lose. But I'd like to see us go there um, with a similar approach that we have done in the last few home games. Try and keep a clean sheet. We know we're good enough to score goals uh, and we haven't got the best record at Molyneux. So, like you say, this is a, a really good opportunity to string a couple of wins together. And you only have to look at Southampton, who I think have won two in a row. Um, they're on 11 points and they're the dizzy heights of 13th or 14th. And it seems to be this season, if you can start stringing two, two or three wins together, then you, you fly through the league. I think there's a lot of similar sides, um, probably outside the top six. I think there's a lot. I think the teams are pretty similar, to be honest, other than Forest. Um, mm. And, you know, Wolves are a really dangerous side. They've got some really good players. that they, they really strike me as quite similar to us, to be honest. The way they play, the way they keep the ball. Um, and they just don't... I think Jimenez is injured. It's the, and they're struggling for a striker at the minute. So it's going to be a tough game. But I, I, like you say, I think there's, there's a great, it's a perfect timing for the, for the fixture to try and get our first win at Molyneux. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that battle, Jack, between Diego Costa and, and Val Fess. Uh, I am, it's got the, I think the hallmarks, the makings of a, of a real kind of battle but between the two. But how are you feeling about this, this game on Sunday? Are, are, are you all perhaps... Um, being a little bit too confident, do, do we need to kind of be a little bit more wary of the risk of Wolves? I'm, I'm pretty nervous about the game. I'm more nervous about the game on Sunday than I probably was on Thursday. I just think the home form has been so much better than the away form. Um, it's a great opportunity to win a game away from home. Um, and I don't think we've got many better uh, chances. So just be interesting to see what sort of side turns up. I mean, having Madison back is a massive boost. I don't think Evans or Indeedy will, will be back, but actually I don't think I would argue to bring them back at you know the way they've been playing anyway. So we've got a brilliant chance of getting three points. And as, as you say, you look where Southampton are now and that could be us very quickly. I also think it's really important because we've got Man City next and then we've got two away games. Yeah. So that, you know, we could be looking at, you know, lose on Sunday. You could be all of a sudden looking at four losses going into the international break and things start to look very different. So I think it's really important that they get some kind of result. I mean, Everton and West Ham aren't the hardest games we'll play in the league, but they're away from home and 
you know that again places that we don't tend to do particularly well at um so we've you know i think i think it's a really important game um and we've got to back up the performance from from thursday night um so um so yeah i'm i'm, I'm looking forward to it um but i am pretty nervous i would say yeah i mean those games when when you're playing teams in and around you down towards the bottom you know not only do they represent a, a good opportunity to pick up points because clearly they're the weaker teams in in the division but also you know if, if you lose them you know particularly this one um against walls it, it opens up a, a four point gap and you know i know it's still we're only 11 games into the season but you just want to avoid those scenarios don't you want you want to you know you want to put yourself away from those teams as opposed to 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 letting them you know take effectively I'm not going to use the phrase six pointers but you know they kind of are at the moment because you know it's important not to lose those games as far as selection goes jordan i, I was i was speaking this i was on with with owen palmer atkin earlier on on bbc and he asked me to pick my team and, and for me i think the fact that we're coming into this one off the back of a win against leeds it's fairly straightforward for me i think if evans is fit i suspect he's probably not but if he's if he's fit he comes in for for daniel amarty I think the fact we played Thursday and Sunday means that Vardy won't play two in a week. So, so Daka comes in for Vardy and then Madison comes, comes back into the team. And, you know, I feel incredibly sorry for him, but the reality is, is he'll probably come in for, for Dennis Pratt, won't he? You know, I'd like Dennis to, to keep his place and maybe get a, you know, a start in, in, in midfield is more favoured position, but I can't see him dropping either Yuri or, or, or Kiernan. So, um, yeah, what do you make of that? You know, Evans, if fit in for, in for Amati, Madison in for, uh, Dennis Pratt and, and Dakar in Favardi. Is, is that kind of fairly similar to, to where you're at at the moment? Do you know what? I am actually the opposite, which Ooh, is, go on. Is, is, is fascinating that, that, you know, being the manager now, he's actually got a decision to make what, what his team is. And we've been chopping and changing the team all season, but the old adage, never change a winning team, I'd play the exact same 11. Um, so you're you going to have James Madison on the bench? Yeah, and the reason being... Um, One of the form players in yeah, the Premier League yeah, well, right now. You know, Our best in, player, Jordan. Pratt's come in and he's, Mate. he's played really well and he, he deserves to keep his place. If I was to bring Madison in, <laughs> I'd, I'd replace KDH with Madison and play Madison down the middle. Completely yep. um, agree. I think um, Amati... is Amati, like Jack said. He still... <laughs> He does, fine. He, does the, he does the hard things really well and he does the easy things <laughs> terribly. But he's come in and we've got two clean sheets and I think he deserves to start. Um, and Vardy, the only negative for me still is Vardy hasn't got off the mark. And I think once he does, he'll still get double figures. I'm confident of that. But even last night, the first goal... Um, what a back you know, heel that was. Yeah, yeah, for the second goal, that's a great back heel. The first one, he... You know, he still worries defenders because of who he is. And he, he still, mm. he, he looks a little bit off the pace, but he's still, he's still got a, a bit of pace about him and he still worries defenders. I would start him. And I just okay. wondered yesterday whether when he came off after an hour, that was because he might start the weekend. But mm. I mean, I, I'd go with the same team personally, but if I was to bring Madison in, it'd be for KDA. Mm. You know, Dak has really been winning me over. I know I said earlier in the season, I think it was maybe before the Brighton game, I, I remained unconvinced by him, but um, I think he is really improving. Um, but for me, the important thing with Jamie Vardy is he's he's one of them few players, and there are really very few of them, particularly, you know, strikers, who have this ability to to still affect the game of football and, and still play well when they don't score goals. Now, it's a strange thing to say because Jamie Vardy is a goal scorer. You know, that is his strength. You know, you've got other strikers over the years. So for instance, Emil Heskey, you know, 
it, it didn't matter if Emil Heskey went 10 games without a goal, he would still contribute to the team. Now, I know that Vardy and Heskey are completely different styles of footballers. And I know that Vardy is a goal scorer, but he still contributes even when he's not touching the football. I, I do think that's important for, for people to remember that it's so easy sometimes to look at it and say, oh, he's not scored a goal this season. You know, bring in, you know, Dakar or let's give Ian Atchew a run. But, you know, Vardy's performance aren't bad. You know, he, he's still offering something, you know, important to, to the team. And, you know, I, the only reason, Jordan, I, I wouldn't, play him is, is just because he's he's played Thursday and, and yeah. Sunday but 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 Jack I, I saw you kind of agree with with Jordan there for for Dennis Pratt to, to keep his place but but for was it for KDH to, to drop out yeah, the bench? I, don't, I, I don't think KDH is playing that well and I, I almost agree. think I agree I'm, I'm gonna say something potentially controversial but if Ooh, KDH should put out the type of performance that Dennis Pratt did last night there'd be murals being put up in Leicester City Centre, <laughs> such as the hype that is applied to him. And I feel a bit sorry for him in a way. He runs lots, but sometimes he's so lacking in quality as a result of that. Um, and I I think, Dennis, I think Dennis is quite suited to that right side position. And we've been crying out to try and get Madison in the game a little bit more centrally. So I would, that, that would probably be the only change I would make. I... I thought Vardy was good last night. I thought his movement was clever. He was knocking defenders about. He was, you know, um, he, he was being smart and kind of um, uh, scrappy with with the with their defenders. And and Daka hasn't quite learned that side of his game. But I think coming on with half an hour to play, Daka Daka did pretty well. So, and just in that sort of game, I think you know we we haven't got Evans on the pitch and things like that. I just think that a slightly more experienced head. Um, is the right thing to do. So uh, that that would be the side that I would play. What mm. I am, Brendan will probably drop Pratt. Yeah, and that would be the the only change I would imagine he would play. But I, I think Dennis deserves another go because I, I thought he was excellent. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Jack. And so when I give my eleven, it's it's kind of more in mind of what I think Brendan will do. But you know, I I would feel sorry for for Dennis Pratt, as we said, it's probably his best performance ever in a Leicester shirt, and then he doesn't keep his place. And you know, again, he'll probably be thinking, well, what more can I do, or what more do I have to do? But unfortunately, that 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 is football, and I hope he he understands that he still will get opportunities. Well, well, I hope Brendan still gives him those opportunities because he's proven, hasn't he, that he's he's absolutely got a role to play in this team. Um, before we finish up, um today i just wanted to have a, a quick word actually on on danny ward now for, for all the, the speculation and and debate about what happens with the manager you know i think what has probably been secondary to that has probably been danny ward you know and people say you know drop him he's not good enough bring in daniel everson now look, I, i'm not going to sit here and say that my opinion on him has, has completely changed that i'm i'm now going to say i think he's a he's a brilliant goalkeeper and he's, he's the answer to all our prayers but i do think that you know we have had three clean sheets and I think that he is now starting to look a lot more assured. And I think it is worth remembering that this is a guy that has spent his entire career as a backup goalkeeper. And, you know, to, to step into the boots of, of Kasper Schmeichel, who had been here, what, 11 years, played here nearly 500 times, was the club captain and you know, one of the biggest personalities in the dressing room. And then he comes into a team which is struggling and, and shipping goals left, right and centre. Yes, he hasn't played particularly well, but it wasn't an ideal situation for him to, to come into. And I just think that, you know, in, in the last few games, he is now starting to look like a, a, a lot more assured goalkeeper. And I'm not panicking the same way as what I was 
in the in the first few weeks. And you know, I, I do think that that Jordan Danny does deserve a, a little bit of praise. So we don't go overboard, but he, he deserves the mention, doesn't he? Yeah, I was I was going to say if there was any other business, I was going to say Danny Ward because I think it's only fair. Um, you know, fans say it how it is. If he doesn't play well, he, he doesn't play well at Bournemouth. I thought certainly the the second he jumped over and the first one I thought he probably could have done with better with and I actually was joking that you know when you're a kid and you watch a cartoon and like someone will kick a ball and the keeper catches it and they've hit it so hard that he falls into the net with the ball <laughs> yeah. I, I was thinking that's Danny Ward <laughs> like he just doesn't keep anything out um, yeah. and then um against Forrest in the second half when they had the one-on-one he almost ran out of his box and tried to save it which cracked me up but he he narrowed the angle and then against Palace, he made a good save down to his right. Um, and against Leeds, he made a good save down to his left at mm. the, the far end. Um, so, yeah, full credit to him because um, he's, he's had a, it's a very difficult situation that he has had to come into. And he has looked shaky, but he is replacing the best keeper we've ever had in mm. a difficult situation. And I think he's, he's shown a lot of character, to be honest. Um, and I'm, I'm really pleased for him. Um, and hopefully... Like you say, I'm a bit, I'm a bit more confident with him in goal now, and hopefully he can get his confidence back. Yeah, Jack, anything to add to that? Um, yeah, I think the other bit that he he does very well is he, he takes crosses and he looks a yeah, lot more assured than Casper yeah. ever did. Um, Agree. The uh, the other bit that I, I was going to say, aside from the corner in the first half, which we almost conceded from, which was our attacking corner. We look yeah. a lot more assured defending corners as well. Um, and the players look a lot more like they know what they're doing in the system that they've got. You know, it, when we were not conceding from corners last year, it was more because the opposition missed a header or something. We're getting first contact on corners a lot now. And it genuinely looks like there's a decent system. So the poor set-piece coach who turned up for the Tottenham game and had the graphic put up yeah. when we'd conceded Helters. two set pieces is obviously done a lot of good work. We're still abysmal at throw-ins, which I can't quite work out. And he's meant to be in charge of that. But, um, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, I guess. Um, but yeah, corners, corners look a, uh, a lot more effective from a, from a defending point of view. And again, I think um, I, I can't remember the name of the set piece coach, but he deserves um, some credit for that because he's clearly had an impact. It's Kiel or that, um, isn't that it? corner, Jack. That corner that was our Tielemans had a shot, didn't it? And they broke. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I did notice, yeah. you know, Castagna, Tielemans, and a couple of others. They got got back back in position, and it did take a few fortunate bounces. And Sinistieri hit the bar. I mean, if he'd scored that, it would, it would just been a bit of luck and a fantastic yeah, yeah. finish. But um, you know, the other chance they had as well, the young lads, the ten, number ten, it looked quite a good. Somerville, player, yeah. Aronson. Um, I... I think it's Somerville, but he oh, put it wide it in Brendan the first half. Um, but Wout Fez, he he pretty much blocked the angle from the whole goal. It looked like a, a like a cricket long barrier yes. type of block, yeah. and he made him put it wide because at the game I thought well, he probably should have done better there. But when I saw it back, I thought that's that's great defending. But it's just yeah, it's great to see his keeper catching it and defenders heading it away from corners. It's, it it makes us a lot more confident going forward. And yes. there was. There was one moment where I, I think it was an Amati brain fart where <laughs> we gave the ball away and Bamford through. And I thought like Tielemans is normally like yeah. he's running through treacle, but it was yeah, it was yeah. just a brilliant like he's just sort of stepped him off the ball and turned, um, which was good. And you know like he's 
clearly not signed a new contract, but and I, I questioned him being captain, but he clearly still cares and he's still still clearly doing a good job. I mean, his performance wasn't amazing, but he's he's still still putting his shift in, which is really good to see. So so yeah. Right, lads. Um, final word then on this episode. We'll we'll get a prediction for Wolves. Jordan, start with you. What do you rake? What do you reckon? Um, Molyneux, Leicester Wolves. Um, well, uh, I got Palace hideously wrong because I thought it'd be goals galore, both teams yeah. score. <laughs> I'm going to go the, the same as what I went with yesterday, and I'm going to go one nil Leicester Vardy. Okay, Jack. Two one Leicester. Any goal scorers? Uh, uh, Pratt. Okay. And I'm going to... Yeah. yeah both. I'm going to agree with Jordan. I'm going to say 1-0. And I'm going to say Pats and Dakar. Um It's a clean sweep. All three of us going for a Leicester win. It's a bit weird, isn't it? All We're not doing confident. a podcast next week. It's cancelled. Yeah. If, if we lose, we'll take another week off. But look, um, it's following this. We're, we're away, at, aren't we, at Man City? Sorry, at home to Man City next weekend or or following the Wolves game whenever it is that you are listening to this podcast we will endeavour to do one apologies for the delays we will get better at it it's just difficult you know busy people and all that but look enjoy the game at the weekend uh, and we look forward to to hearing it and speaking to you all very very soon Sports Social Podcast Network